Hello, everybody. My name is Alexander Jess. I'm a content marketer at IT Imagination, and welcome to another episode of Meet the Innovators. Today, I'm talking to Alexandra Gerasim, um, who is a front-end developer at IT Imagination. Hello, Alexandra. Hello, good morning. Or should I say, buongiorno? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's fine, yeah. Alexandro, uh, come stai? Ah, sto molto bene, grazie. Oh, very well, very well. Um, so you've been working at ITM for three months now. Is that correct? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we could say almost three okay. months. Okay. Um, how is it going so far? And how was the, you know, the whole recruitment process into onboarding into, you know, getting started? Oh, well, um, a bit different from the usual <laughs> because I was not in the office. <laughs> Usually you have um, an onboarding process in the office. You talk to people, they explain to you stuff. So um, that was, uh, bit different yeah indeed uh, a video call with a lot, a lot of people and a lot of instructions actually how to do all different things and actually that was put in place pretty pretty well so far actually and yeah though i mean that's pretty much the summary of the experience and was different at least interesting also Okay, that's uh, pretty pretty um, cool. I mean, um, would you would you go back to the you know the regular office based um, work, or is it something you you know once you go remote you can't go back? <laughs> uh, for me, yeah. I mean, I would never go back. I miss some stuff here and there actually, like small talk, you, you, you engage with your colleague, uh, mm -hmm. a bit of laughs here and there, but I've solved that with video calls with a couple of friends, maybe in the morning, uh, we talk about the stuff of the day before, uh, stuff that happens in life. Yeah. To not miss that part of the, of the office. Uh, that's a way, um, I found myself at least to to solve that part for the rest well i'm pretty comfortable honestly i don't know if it will still be like that for the rest of my life but for the years ahead at least i would never go back yeah all right reasonable um let's move into the favorite question of all our um, guests here, which is, um, if you had to describe yourself using three words, um, what would they be? Um, uh, <sighs> curious, um, adventurist, I don't know if that, that's correct. I may I may miss the word, but um, mm 
you did mention methodical before. Um, so how are you methodical? If you could um, elaborate a bit on that. Yeah, you're because right. we did have a conversation before, a brief conversation yeah, where you right. shared um, a bit about yourself and this is what I picked up on. Um, so if you could elaborate a bit. Yeah, sure, you're right. Um, usually when I have to uh, approach a problem or do something, actually, generally speaking, I usually try to inform myself uh, with whatever I can about that topic or about the, that issue. Um, try to put uh, together all the information I can gather, try to find where maybe I lack some explanations or whatever. Once I get a solution, I usually tend to not actually change the solution if the circumstances are all the same, even if for future situations. So the end right. result, it's at least for an outside perspective, seeing me as a methodical person. And that's something that people actually told me about. Uh, actually, they told me that I'm methodical pretty much. So. All right. In my, mind it's, in my um, mind, it's like the right choice, the right solution. But mm -hmm. for others, it's methodical. But I take it. I mean, it's probably, it's probably correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you also shared a bit about your hobbies and you also shared um, some videos mm. as well. Um, you shared that parkour, kenjutsu and meditation are your hobbies. If you could um, explain to those who might not mm. know um, what parkour and kenjutsu is first and then share a bit about them. Parkour is um, at least a sport. Some people may call it a discipline. Um, where you move theoretically, it should, the, it should be like a sport where you move from point A to point B in the most efficient way and I would add creative way. That means uh, getting injured maybe <laughs> when you move, but at least for me, it makes you feel free. You see... Okay. Uh, what you see is an obstacle, a way to learn a new move. Mm -hmm. Instead of moving the obstacle, you get through the obstacle somehow. Kenjutsu, uh, it's a group, actually, it's not a just single one. It's a group of um, disciplines with um, katanas. Okay. You have at least uh, Yaido. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kendo, if I'm not wrong, there are, may, they may be more of them, but at least these two. Uh, I'm more of, of a hybrid. I'm more of a Hayaido, while I started recently with a bit of Kendo. But that's pretty much uh, Kenjutsu. Yeah, more broadly. Meditation was something that I started actually a lot of years ago. Uh, I was attracted by my interest in ninjas and ninja culture, ninja history. 
and I found myself actually learning about meditation. Uh, that culture, that, that the people at those times were practicing it, and I was interested, and I found actually there is a lot of scientific uh, knowledge about it. So that's where uh, I started actually practicing meditation. Yes, there are many uh, mental health benefits as well to meditation, um, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so you have mentioned that parkour gives you freedom. And in my mind, freedom is connected to another one of your free time activities, which is contributing to open source products. Um, do you also feel that parkour and open source are they also connected in your mind or is it is it me over interpreting maybe you're interpreting actually yeah <laughs> it could be yeah, yeah. uh i never and I, I never connected them actually that's a a new point of view actually um in both actually in both domains you obviously you express yourself somehow yeah they both give you the freedom to express yourself. So when you, at least in the open source community, you also leave a footprint of your expression. Mm -hmm. uh, in parkour, it's just for yourself, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were the open source projects you contributed to or started? Mm, mostly they were, um, well, Mostly were plugins for WordPress. Okay. They were having problems or uh, issues here and there. So that were most of my, uh, my contributions. Uh, one single time it was an exception. There was a, uh, which was a project from Google. It was the aim of the project was to create a graphical representation of an Arduino project. So okay. you may able to actually to program it via clicks, basically. So like block programming, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. You have a GUI with an interface and you program everything without writing a single letter. Okay. All right. I see. Um, open source has um, actually deep roots. Um, in, in your life, as, I, as I've also learned, because five years ago or so, you've met a friend in college who used Ubuntu, who introduced you to the world of tech, right? How was the story, actually? How did it go, really? Um, yeah, uh, it's always actually a, a, a beautiful memory, actually. Um, we were at school and then actually I've just switched um, the school itself. It was the very first year and I started in IT. And I met this, uh, this new classmate and I kind of noticed he was a bit nerdy and uh, I was intrigued. I mean, what he knows, may I know, I don't know. And he mentioned Linux. At that time, I was only using Windows XP. So I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> there are any, any there are more operating systems which I, which I didn't know about. 
And when we start in the, in the, in the class uh, to program actually HTML, uh, he already knew it. And I was a bit amazed. Uh, how did you know? So show me basically on his phone. It was a, I think it was a Nokia N78. And it was running, it was running a Symbian OS at the time. Uh, you barely have a file explorer. You barely have uh, had actually internet applications. And he opened a, a scratchpad with a text editor, whatever it was, and he typed the paragraph uh, HTML element. So open parentheses, P and all that stuff. And you basically typed another word. Then he set the file. It opened with uh, Opera Mini. At the time, that was the, the only modern browser on the Symbian. <laughs> and you were able actually to read that Opera world. So that amazed me. I mean, how that works? I mean, you don't even have internet because we were used to have connection to internet at the time. So your perception of HTML was a bit wired to the internet itself. But for the program itself, it was not necessary, actually. Mm -hmm. From that point on, basically, he showed me the rest. I mean, HTML, how it works, and CSS. And at that time, I was playing a MMORPG video game. And I was running like a clan between friends. And uh, I had a forum. And you were able actually to customize the forum if you know how to program in CSS, JavaScript, and HTML. Mm -hmm. So that was the very first like test to, to try actually to learn the languages and build something actually cool. So yeah, that was basically the starting point. Okay. Um, did you start to learn JavaScript right after that? Yeah, straight away. I mean, okay. pretty much straight away. I mean, the very first two were HTML and CSS. I put JavaScript aside for the very first moment. But then actually, yeah, yeah, I also crossed JavaScript. So yeah, all the animations and transitions. At the time, CSS transitions were not invented yet, I think. Yeah, if I'm not wrong. So many transitions were jQuery based, which were JavaScript based. So that was the most mm -hmm. advanced thing you could do with CSS at then. Okay. So you've started with jQuery and then what, what came next? for you? Well, uh, while I started working with the web development, I discovered Linux because of my friend, actually. So I started actually using Linux for a couple of years as my main operating system. So I deleted Windows from my computers and used Linux for like three, four, five years. Uh, more specifically, specifically Arc Linux or Arch Linux. I've, I've Mm -hmm. Still don't know what is the correct pronunciation of that distro. And because of that, I landed a job in a, in a bank as a system administrator of Linux, but I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. The environment was not great for me. So I switched back to web development. And at that time, I went to the UK. I moved abroad to the UK for two years. 
And I discovered actually that the job market was pretty ahead of the Italian one. And my mistake was to assume that was on level, on par. And it was not. So I had a bit of struggle actually to find a job for the very first, first three months at least. So because I'm methodical, I made a schedule of my days, what to study, how, which resources. And every day I was going to like Starbucks or a library or places where they are not that quiet, but at least uh, they give you a space for you and mm -hmm. studied web frameworks, or at least front-end frameworks like uh, React for a couple of months until I landed a job in, uh, in London and started my career with React.js until now. Still React, yeah? Yeah, a bit of Vue.js in the middle, but yes, yeah, still React native. So I'm thinking, um, do you like where React 18 is headed? What you're referring to more specifically? Server components, for example, do you see them as necessary or is it an unnecessary addition for you? With the, uh, with the recent changes and um, in Next.js and um, even if they are not that mature, maybe, but the direction, I think it's pretty good, actually. Uh, client side, we are used to have a lot of blobs of code, actually, to render, and their computational requirements are not that low, actually. And browser were intended, at least in the first place, to render static stuff. They also have a lot of caching. Uh, mechanism built in, inside to make use of that actually to based on the static uh, content so it would be more natural actually to take advantage of that and get back on that path i would say while not actually uh, throw away all the commodities we have nowadays with the modern tools so having one and actually having both would be probably perfect. You have the old tools for the modern approaches and technologies, but on that side, you are not actually losing anything about the functional that actually can correlate and use the browser uh, at the best of its capabilities. So yeah, right. I, I think it's a, it's a good path actually to follow. And recent, recent changes with Next.js 12, there was the conference a couple of days ago. Apparently they are, for me at least, in my opinion, they are starting actually to um, exploit more and more actually the browser capabilities. Instead of just giving JavaScript code, kilobytes and kilobytes and megabytes of JavaScript code to just render and do whatever you need, and that's it. Regardless of browser capabilities on what on what they can do for us. Mm -hmm. Right, um, web pages um, can be really heavy, um, really really heavy um, nowadays. Um, 
well, mostly when using Angular, right? But uh, also <laughs> React pages can be really heavy. Um, yeah. Indeed. So what would be your advice for future front-end developers? Um, is it don't touch Angular or just kidding? <laughs> well, um, I had bad experiences with Angular. Yeah, I have to, have to admit, actually. Um, nowadays, Angular is pretty, well, at least, well, Google actually have, um, uh, Google have um, like uh, absorbed the market trends on how to provide tools for developers and how to use them. So you can find a lot of similarities, at least from the tooling and approaches on the, the code on how to manage it. I mean, I'm talking about like components and stuff like that. You may find a lot of similarities compared to AngularJS, which is pretty old actually, and the architecture itself it's pretty different actually. But it's still actually a different tool. I mean, depend. It still has its use cases. It's not something like you definitely have to avoid. Uh, surely, if you want something like the quickest quickest framework possible to develop something quickly as possible. Definitely you can go to Angular or may consider actually to use Vue.js. It may not be React the, the perfect solution for that case. On the opposite, if you want to build something that you want to maintain for the rest of the years and maybe even adapt to new possible requirements or new technologies, it may actually be the, a better solution. I won't. I don't want to be this to, to say actually the best, but yeah, at least a better possible solution. Mm -hmm. Any other advices? If you want to get into it, don't be afraid of the entry barrier. Myself, uh, I barely finished the schools, honestly. I don't have uh, a master IMD or a BD, so it would be a bachelor degree. Masters, I, I think. Yeah, I don't have it. I actually, I, I, I actually avoided the university itself. Because I thought and actually realized at the time that the job market was not requiring such a high uh, skills to get a job into the market. Actually, uh, if your aim is to go to really, from a theoretical point of view, uh, really complicated um, IT jobs, if you aim for that or big companies also. The degree actually will help you, but otherwise it's your decision. I mean, it's, it may add value, but it's your responsibilities to like, um, exploit 
the degree you achieved and what you have learned actually. But if you don't want to aim for that, you don't need it, I would say. So don't be afraid of the entry barrier. You are not supposed to deduce like in a glance what you read if you are not a developer. So if you don't understand HTML, that's fine. You will understand it. Like I think anything else in life, you will, uh, you will learn it. From that point on, if you like it and you have passion, then it's, it's pretty easy then. All right. I see. Um, so that concludes it. Um, Alexandru, uh, thank you very much for the talk. And I wish you all the best and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Take care and bye. Bye, Alex.